many stories of the strange and unusual. Some are true, others are not. Misfits Audio is proud to present Strange Stories, a collection of tales by Mike Murphy that can take place on any world at any time. We hope our cast entertains you with these tales of the supernatural and the fantastic. It had been years since I thought about the unicorn in the closet. I came back east for my mother's funeral. Mom's neighbor, Mrs. Billingsley, found her body when Mom didn't keep their usual tea time that afternoon. A heart attack, the doctor said. Mrs. B called me in California. I moved there six years ago to try my hand at acting. I had those big dreams every aspiring actor has. So far... They haven't become a reality. I've landed some small parts in a couple of forgettable sitcoms and six or seven commercials, everything from dog food to teeth whitening strips. With these acting gigs, some theater work, and on-off waitressing, I've managed to keep my head above water. I live in a decent apartment with a cool roommate, and I can afford to occasionally go out to a restaurant where you don't order by number and get your food handed to you in a bag through your car window. Because of my weird schedule, I hadn't visited Mom in almost two years. After her services, Joey, my boyfriend, and I went out to my Mom's house, which she had left to me. So, this is where you grew up, huh? Pretty much. My parents and I moved here when I was six to be closer to the restaurant where my dad was head chef. The house seems so small. It's a good-sized home. You're remembering it from a child's point of view. It hasn't been that long since I was here. (laughs) Yes, but childhood memories are the most lasting. Says who? Professor Barker, my graduate school psych teacher. Thank you, Fraser Crane. Very funny. When you were a little girl, this place must have seemed enormous. Oh, it did. Look, look here. Do you see that gouge in the floor? Uh Uh-huh. I made that. You sound proud. Not really. How'd you do it? I decided one day, I must have been about seven, that since it was raining out, I could ride my bike in the house. I had a little accident. Little? Your mom must not have been too pleased. She wasn't. She took my bike away for a week. She never had the damage repaired. I think she thought leaving it there would be a learning experience for me. And look here. See all these little lines on the door frame? Those are from her marking my height on every birthday, age 7, age 8, age 9. <laughs> I guess I was kind of spoiled being an only child. Are you enjoying your trip down memory lane? I'm practically ignoring you. I'm sorry. Don't be. It's fine, really. I am enjoying reminiscing, Joey. I miss my parents. I can't believe they're both gone now. It happens, honey. You'll make it. With you around, I will. Kim, how about I give you some time alone? What do you mean? 
I don't want to get in the way of your reminiscing. Don't think that I. We passed the Dunkin' Donuts on the way here. How about I go and get both of us some coffee? I could sure use some. Would you like that? Thank you. I I would. Iced, please. Leaded or unleaded? Unleaded, with milk and too sweet and low. I didn't sleep too well last night. I don't need any caffeine. Gotcha. Anything to eat? No thanks. Just the coffee. Dunkey's is about fifteen minutes down the road. It'll probably take me half an hour to get there, get our coffees, and get back. Are you okay being alone for that long? I'll be fine. Thank you for asking. You're dear. It'll give me some time to stroll down my memory lane and get it out of my system. Don't be in a rush to get rid of those memories. You'll miss them later. Joey. Yes. Thank you for being with me today. I don't think I would have made it through the funeral mass alone. You're welcome. I'll be back as soon as I can. Enjoy your memories. You can tell me all about them over coffee if you like when I return. Well, House, you're all mine now, and I live 3,000 miles away. What am I going to do with you? Kim? Who's there? Who's in this house? It's me. It's you. It's us. Show yourself. I can't. Who are you? It's me, Kimmy. Kimmy? My mom called me that back when I... Go on. You were going to say back when I was a little girl. Yes. That's who I am. You was a little girl, six years old, the age you were when you moved into this house with your mother and father. You can't be me. Why not? Because I'm me. I grew up. I'm not six-year-old Kimmy McMillan anymore. I know you're not. I am. Impossible. You're from my past. You don't exist in the present anymore. Then who are you talking to? It's it's been a tough day. I've barely slept. I'm imagining you. After a nap, I'll be fine. If you say so. Kim, there's someone upstairs who wants to talk with you. Upstairs? Uh huh. In your old bedroom. Do you remember the way? Remember it? I could walk to it with my eyes shut. Up the stairs. Ten stairs exactly. First room on the left. Beside the bathroom. He's in the closet, waiting for you. My old bedroom. It's barely changed. He's waiting. In the closet. Yes. Don't you remember him? You were good friends at one time when you were little. You know. I do remember. I haven't thought of him in years. That's because you grew up. Grown-ups choose not to believe in him, and so they can't see him or hear him. Yes, I remember him telling me that once when. That's right. Your closet by the foot of your bed. Open it. He needs your help again. There's no time to waste.
long time no see, Kimmy. Returning to her childhood home following the death of her mother, Kimberly McMillan, 25, has been enjoying a trip down memory lane. Who can blame her for reminiscing about times past on the day of her mother's funeral? Is the voice of her younger self, Kimmy, in her mind or in the house? Also, who or what is this mysterious childhood friend in her bedroom closet who needs her help? Mom? You know why, Kimmy. This house is much closer to your father's work. But I like our old house better. Why couldn't we stay there? I just told you why. Because of Daddy's dumb old restaurant. It's not a dumb old restaurant. It's not a good restaurant. What makes you say that? I have to get all dressed up to go there. I can't wear my sneakers, and I can't even get french fries. It's a restaurant for grown-ups, dear. It's one of the best in town. No, without french fries, it isn't. So, all three of us moved so Daddy could be closer to the restaurant? That's right. He had to drive a long way to work when we lived in the other house. Didn't you miss seeing him when he got home after you were asleep? Yes. Now that we're living here, he won't have to drive so far. He'll be home earlier. Before you go to bed. So where is he? He's at the restaurant. But you just said... He missed some time because of our move. He has to catch up on his work. As soon as he does, he'll be home at a better hour every night. You'll see. Uh-huh. I still like the old house better. How can you say that? You haven't even been here for a day. You're not giving this house a chance. This place is Dumb. I like the old house and the old neighborhood better. I had a nice school and friends. You'll start your new school on Monday. You'll make new friends. I'm sure of it. What if I don't want to? Kimberly Rose McMillan, you will not use that tone with me. Sorry, Mom. If you want to go through the rest of your life with no friends, that's up to you. Come Monday, you will go to your new school if I have to carry you there myself. Come on, it's time for bed. Mr. Brown can do it. How about you? The end. Doesn't your bedroom look nice, Kimmy? I guess so. You guess? Your father and I went to a lot of trouble to put your room together first. It's the only room in the entire house that doesn't have any packing boxes left in it. It looks... different. How? We brought everything of yours here. Every toy, every book, right down to this one. Your favorite Dr. Seuss book, Mr. Brown Can Moo, Can You? We even hung all your pictures on the walls. It was a lot of work. But the room's bigger, and it's shaped differently. My old room was more like a square. So, it's bigger than your old room. That's a good thing. You'll learn to appreciate that as you get older. I can't do anything about the room shape. It is what it is. They don't make houses with cookie cutters. Where are all my clothes? In your closet by the foot of your bed. Okay. Kimmy, your father and I worked very hard getting your bedroom together so you would feel more at home here from the first day. What do you have to say? 
Thank you. Say it like you mean it. Thank you. That's better. Did you say your prayers? Yes, Mom. Then get into bed. I have a lot of unpacking to do downstairs. Good night, dear. Daddy will tuck you in when he gets home. When will that be? Not until late. You'll be asleep. Everything will be all right, dear. You'll see. We'll all be happy here. If you say so. Do you have Mr. Brown Bear? Right here. Good night. I love you. I love you too, Mom. What is it, dear? What's wrong? There's a monster in my closet. Come now, Kimmy. There is. There really is. I swear. I saw it. I heard it. Don't you remember? You thought there were monsters under your bed back at the other house. But and there weren't. Were there? No. But this is different. How? It's not under the bed. It's in the closet. You were dreaming, dear. But I wasn't asleep. You were. I was upstairs about twenty minutes ago checking on you, and you were sound asleep. You had a bad dream. But the monster. It... Do you want to tell me about it? It might make you feel better. I was lying here, not asleep, when the closet door opened up all by itself. There was this popping noise, and the monster poked its head out and spoke to me. What did it say? Hello there. Then I screamed for you. You have a very polite dream, monster. Did you get up and close the closet door? No. Well, there you go. What do you mean? It's closed. It is, but it didn't. It was never open. You imagined it. I didn't. Kimmy, watch me. What are you going to do? I'm going to show you that there's no monster in your closet. Don't! I don't want to see. Get out from under the covers. There's nothing in the closet that can harm you. But the monster had big white teeth. I couldn't see much of it in the dark, but I could see the teeth in the glow of my nightlight. What an imagination! Don't let it eat you. It's all right, Kimmy. Put the covers down and look. There's nothing there. Of course there isn't. That's because it was only a bad dream. Watch me. Solid walls. No holes for anything to get through. No monster, okay? Okay. I have to remember to oil those hinges in the morning. Kimmy, I have lots of unpacking to do. Will you be all right if I go down to the kitchen? Can Can I get another kiss goodnight? Of course you can. Lights out. Goodnight, dear. Sweet dreams. Hello there. Oh no! 
Can you please not scream again? We unicorns have very sensitive hearing. You're not a monster? Not by a long shot. I've always thought of myself as rather handsome, actually. My mother says I'm one of her best-looking kids. You're a unicorn? Yep. Unicorn as in one horn. This pointy one on the top of my head. Isn't it nice and shiny? I polish it every day. It does make sleeping complicated, though. No, you're a bad dream. Mom said so. You're not real. I'm not? Uh-uh. I thought I was real. Are you real? Of course I am, silly. So why are you real and I'm not? Um... Is this closet real? Yes. And how about your bed? Is your bed real? Sure. Where does real stop and not real begin? I'm not sure. Maybe you are real. I've always thought so. You're not going to hurt me, are you, Mr. Unicorn? Of course not. I've never hurt anyone in all of my 126 years. You're that old? Yes, and in unicorn years, I'm still a baby boy. What's your name? I call myself Boo. Boo. Why not? It's fun to say and easy to spell. Why'd your parents name you Boo? They didn't. I did. They never gave you a name? No. What's the point? But everyone needs a name. I'm Kimmy. Unicorns don't need names, Kimmy. I have 22 brothers and sisters. We all pretty much look alike. White manes, blue eyes, shiny horns. Why bother giving us all names? It's kind of like hurricanes and tornadoes. What do you mean? People always name hurricanes. Hurricane Charles, Danny, Edward. Whatever. No one names tornadoes. Why is that? I don't know. So, when I need a name, which isn't often, I go by Boo. I said it to someone once on a really dark night, and it kind of stuck. Boo! Shh! Mom will hear you. Nah, she won't. How do you know that? Because she's a grown-up. They never do. Why? No one's really sure. We believe it's because people give up on stuff they think it's imaginary when they get older. Like unicorns. They have to concentrate on boring stuff, like going to work and paying bills. You know, grown-up things. My dad's that way. Is he? Too bad. Anyways, adults can't see or hear things like unicorns anymore because they've decided not to believe in us. It's a shame, really. We would be happy to be part of their world. Boo, what are you doing in my closet? (laughs) It's not just your closet. It's a doorway. To where? To my world, Gilliam. Your world was given a name, but you weren't? (laughs) Yeah, go figure. (laughs) It doesn't seem fair. It's no big deal. Kimmy. We Gilliopians need your help real bad. What can I do? You're harmless, right? Me? You're afraid of me? Well, you are harmless. I'm just a little girl. 
I don't hurt anyone. Daddy says I should never hurt anyone. Smart man. How can someone like me help you and the other Gilly-opians? We're having problems with our tethering. Your what? Tethering. What's that? I was afraid you ask. It's complicated. And it has to do with science and math and stuff. My dad explained it to me once. You see, Gilead doesn't have a permanent home. We're not grounded on a certain world like you are. We float freely through time and space like a balloon. When we get near some other place, we latch onto it and stop floating for a while. That's what we call tethering. How do you do that? We don't. It just happens. Gilead does it on its own. We never know who we're tethered to or for how long. Over the years, we've tethered onto some really mean people who caused us trouble. That's why I asked if you were harmless. And now you're tethered onto the other side of my closet? Right. For how long? We don't know. The gnomes are calculating that Gilead will stay put for about three of our days. Gnome what? Gnomes. That's what we call our gnome scientists. It saves time, and it kind of rolls off the tongue. Gnomes. They're really gnomes? Yep, and they're really scientists. Can't they help you stay where you are for keeps so you'll be safe? After all, they're scientists. They don't know how. That's what we're hoping you might do. Me? I don't know anything about science and tethering and stuff. I'm six years old. Could you please try? You'll be a fresh set of eyes and fresh thoughts. You might figure out a way where so many others have failed. Well... Gilead is a very nice place. It's full of all kinds of friendly creatures and people. Unicorns, dragons, elves, gnomes, princes and princesses, and lots more. Dragons? Yes. How, How many? Let me think. Hmm... If the baby has hatched by now, there are eight. Eight dragons? Don't worry about them. They're really friendly. Can you come to Gilliup? I guess, I guess I could try. I'll have to ask Mom. Oh, don't do that. But she'll worry about me if I leave without telling her where I'm going. She'll never know you're gone. <laughs> she'll know. Believe me, she has eyes in the back of her head. She told me so. She does. Her hair covers them up most of the time. If I leave home even for a little bit, she'll know. I'll probably get grounded. Time passes differently in Gilead than it does here. You could be there for three days and only five or six of your hours have passed here. You'll be back before you know it or before your mom knows you've left. No one will harm you, I promise. Please. Try to help us, Kimmy. Okay. Fix your pillows and blankets so it looks like you're still in bed. In case your mom or dad looks in. Good idea. How's that? Perfect. You can't even tell it's not you. Is it cold and gilly up? Well, I need my jacket. You'll be fine in your nightgown. Just put on your slippers. Right. Oh, and bring your nightlight. My nightlight? It gets pretty dark at night. But, Boo, my nightlight...
street light won't work unless it's plugged in. Sure it will. Try it. If you say so. <laughs> Look at that. It's shining in my hand and it's not plugged in. I told you it would work. You'll be glad to have it. It will be useful and it will be your connection to this house and your family. We'll leave just enough light in your room so your parents don't get suspicious. How do we get to Gileop? Through your closet. Come on in. What do I have to do? Hold your nightlight in one hand and hold on to my mane with the other one. All set. Now walk with me, Kimmy. Welcome to Gileop, Kimmy. Wow! Why, you look at this place. The sky's purple. Red clouds, orange grass. That's because it's almost nighttime. It's different in the daytime. The colors change from night to day? Sure they do. Don't they change back where you're from? Well, the sky changes from blue to black at bedtime. The clouds get darker if it's going to rain or snow. Otherwise, things pretty much remain the same colors. That sounds boring. I guess it is. Hey, my nightlight is still working. I knew it would. With nighttime coming, it will light our way to the Gnomus. There are three moons. We only have one back on Earth. You bugs here too, huh? Gooey bug, shoot. Hey, no. Don't swat it. Why not? It's only a bug. It's not a bug. It's again, the Echo Fairy. Who? He means me. You're so small. You'd fit in my hand. I'm big for my people. Kimmy, this is again, the Echo Fairy. Again, this is Kimmy. She's going to try to help us with our tethering. Good to meet you. You really are a fairy. You've wings and wand. I can see them now with my nightlight. All echo fairies have wings and wands. There are more of you? Oh, yes. There are hundreds of us all over Gileop. I'm sorry I tried to swat you. I thought you were a bug. You missed me. No harm done. Why does everything you say echo? Because I'm an echo fairy. Why does everything you and Boo say not echo? She's got a point there. I guess. Again, we're looking for the Gnomus. Have you seen them? The last I saw the three of them, they're at Gnome Hall having some difficulty. I peeked in when I buzzed by the open window. Then that's where we're going. Come on, Kimmy. Is Gnome Hall far away? Nothing is far away in Gileop. Follow me. Nice to meet you again. I'll see you later. Nice to meet you too, Kimmy. Thanks for trying to help us. Gnome Hall is the biggest building in Kilia. Only the three gnomists live here? It's big enough for your president. 
are who? Your president, your king, the person in charge. We don't have anyone in charge of Gilia. You don't? Who runs things? Things just kind of run themselves. The need for us to tether to something safe makes the job of the Nomas very important. That's why they have the biggest building to live in. They need this space with all their equipment and sciencey things. Do we knock? We can just walk in. I've done it dozens of times. My mom says that you should always let people know you're here before you walk into their house. Don't worry. They'll know. They used to have a dog, but then never turned out to be allergic. Who? Then never. He's one of the three Nomas. Their names are better, late, than never. <laughs> Those are funny names. Not in Gilead. Then never's dad was a Nomas too, until a few years ago. Then he retired. What's his name? Murray. Come on, the Nomas are probably in her study. Thank you for trying to help us, young lady. You're welcome, sir. Better? We're our late and then never. They're at lunch. Lunch? It's night time. Why let a good lunch time go to waste? They'll be back presently. Now, Kimmy, what do you know about tethering? Just what Boo told me. I'm sure that he simplified it a bit for you. I told her what I was told by my dad. I think you'll need more detail if you are to help us. Please attend to my chalkboard in the corner. That's the biggest blackboard I've ever seen. It's covered with math stuff. We gnomists call them equations. They are our lifeblood. The blackboard is taller than you are. How'd you write up at the tippy top? Is that a slur about my size? No, I... We gnomes are very sensitive about our height. It's not our fault that we're vertically challenged. You what? Sure. I wasn't trying to insult you, sir. Honest. I was simply wondering how you managed to reach all the way to the top of the blackboard. They stand on each other's shoulders. Please, boo. You should see it when they're three high. It's quite a sight. Ladies usually on the bottom, struggling to hold better and then never up. Boo, you shouldn't let the young lady in on the Nomis scientific secrets. Sorry, Better. Uh, now, Kimmy, as you can see in this equation, the problem with tethering is with Gilead's centrifugal malapropism. The centri- Centrifugal malapropism. Note in this equation that we Nomists have discovered the binomial imperative is split tangentially across... <laughs> I'm sorry, miss. <laughs> am I keeping you awake? I am kind of sleepy. It's been a busy day and I'm usually in bed by now. Could we do this later? And perhaps the explanation of tethering theory should wait until morning when you are better rested. <sighs> that might be good. I could bring her back when the sun comes up. Yes, Boo. That will be your job. 
But where will I sleep? My bed is back on the other side of the closet. You can stay with me. But if I sleep in Gileop, Mom will come to wake me up in the morning and realize I'm gone. I'll be in big trouble then. You could sleep for eight hours here and hardly any time will pass at your home. Besides, I think you'll really like my cave. I redecorated a few months ago. There's a lot of blue now. I like blue. Cave? You sleep in a cave? I live there too. A real cave? Can we please not get into that real discussion again? It made my head hurt the last time. been in caves before? Well, no, but I'll bet that this is the coolest cave anywhere. Thanks. I like it. It sure is blue. I like blue. I'm a boy. What are those things hanging from the ceiling? The diamonds. Really? Uh-huh. They sparkle like the stars in the night sky. Aren't they shiny? They sure are. My mom has a ring with one. It's very pretty. <sighs> you better be going to sleep. You need your rest so you can help with that tethering problem tomorrow. I am tired. Where's your bed? I don't sleep in a bed. What do you sleep in then? I sleep on this. A rock? It must be really uncomfortable. These aren't just any old rocks. What are they? They're comfy rocks. What? Climb up on this one. You'll see. Okay. Now lie down. See what I mean? I sank right into it. It's like a really big pillow. Comfy, isn't it? It sure is. That's why they're called comfy rocks. They keep us cool when it's warm and warm when it's cold. A lot of gilly-uppians sleep on them. <sighs> they're very nice. I thought my bed at home was comfortable. Is that again? <laughs> Not at bedtime. It's Buzzy, the sleepy time fairy. Buzzy? He needs me. What does a sleepy time fairy do? Buzzy makes sure everyone in Kelia falls asleep at night. I'm tired already. She's just doing her job. Sing, Buzzy. Go to sleep, little girl. Tonight is calm in the morning. You see, I saw. There it is, Kimmy. The place of the tethering. Weird! The land just kind of 
stops. Little pieces of it crumble off and fall away. That's exactly what it does, doesn't it, Lady? That's precisely what happens. Isn't that correct? The never. Most definitely, my esteemed colleagues. Stay behind the fence, young lady. We're not sure what would happen if someone got too close to the edge. You might fall off into, uh, well, whatever. Yes, whatever. Very true. How does the tethering happen? Has anyone seen it? Oh, many times. Gilead will be cruising along, floating through time and space, not bothering anyone, when there will suddenly be this violent jerk. And the whole area will shudder for a minute or so as the tethering occurs. But things calm down? They do. While we are completely tethered, the rocks here stop crumbling and falling into the void. The fact that they're breaking off now shows that forces are at work, attempting to break our connection to your world. Is it safe for me to be here, Bull? Don't worry. There's plenty of time before Gilead floats away. I won't let you get stranded here without your parents. Thanks. Yes, you needn't worry about that, young lady. We have instruments to measure the strain on the place of the tethering. We are presently nowhere near the forces that would cause a separation. Boo, when you and I came to Gileop last night and met again, we didn't come this way. Oh, if I may, Boo. Uh, fortunately, young lady, the doorway between the worlds is situated some distance from this place. Otherwise... Any crossover would be extremely dangerous. I would be scared if we had to cross over from here. So would I. Kimmy, you now know all that there is to know about tethering. With your fresh mind and young eyes, do you have an idea of how to keep your world and ours connected? Hmm. Could we put some string through the doorway and tie it onto something big on each side? I'm afraid that would make for a tenuous connection at best. Rope? Better, but still insufficient. How about chains? Oh, that would be so noisy. Clank, clank, clank. We love our peace and quiet here, don't we, Light? Most assuredly, then never. But would it work? I'm afraid that even chains would shortly be broken by the cosmic forces at work here. I'm sorry, but I'm out of ideas for now. Can you keep thinking? Of course I will, Boo. I'm not giving up. Your help is appreciated. Very appreciated. Definitely so. You're all welcome. Boo will reach us if you need to speak to a gnomist. Would you like to go for a walk, Kimmy? When I need to think, I always do it better when I walk. Sure. Maybe walking will help me think of something. My hooves are getting tired. We've been walking for a long time. This looks like a fun place, Boo. It's Gilliup's main playground. A lot of children come to play here. There sure are a lot of things to play on. And look at everybody playing. People, gnomes, 
unicorns and are those giants? Baby giants. They're still really tall. They can reach the tops of the mountains. Boy, are they strong. Why are they ripping the rocks off the mountaintops? It's fun for them and makes them strong. Giants like to be strong. In Gilead, they grow back quickly. Why are they putting the rocks together? I've never asked. I think they like the clicking sound makes. What are you doing sitting on the ground? These little rocks fell off of the big pieces the giants tore from the mountains. Look! Why do they stick together like that? They're magnetized. They're what? I don't really know how to explain it. There's something in the rocks that makes them stick together. Better, late, and then never could probably explain it in much more detail. The rocks I have little magnets with dogs on them at home in my toy box. They... <gasps> Kimmy? Boo! I think I just found the answer! It has possibilities. Very definite possibilities. Most assuredly so. Boo, do you think those baby giants we saw at the playground would help us? They could move the magnetized rocks to the doorway with no problem. Now and later? I bet they would. It would be easy work for them and it would make them stronger. Could you hide some rocks in your closet at home? Smaller ones, yes. I'll find a way. I do foresee one problem with the plan, unfortunately. What is that? The young giants you hope will move the magnetized rocks. Now and later, or rather, uh, how can I put this nicely? Uh, dim. I don't understand. They are very forgetful and not terribly smart. Most forgetful. Even if they will help us in our efforts, without constant reminders, they're likely to forget what they are doing. You will have to have someone available to tell them of their chore over and over again, or they are likely to forget and walk away. I know just the person. Yes, can you do it? Ooh, they're awfully big and scary. I don't usually fly anywhere near Gilliop's giants if I can help it. We'll tell them that you're harmless and that they need to be extra careful around you. Please, again? Well... The gnomes think this plan will work. 
If it does, Gilliop will be tethered peacefully to my bedroom closet for many years to come. <sighs> oh, I'll do it. Long live Gilliop. chalkboard over the blank side. They climbed on each other's shoulders, but lay unhappily on the bottom, and each of them wrote out equations furiously. Before long, they had reached an agreement on how to carry out my plan. With again buzzing around them, reminding them of their job, now and later began working. They started tearing the regrown tops off the mountains and carrying them to a big scale the gnomes had brought out to the playground. Better, late, and then never make careful notes on scrolls while the pile of rocks on the scale grew bigger and bigger. When the gnomists were sure that they had enough rocks, now and later, being told of their new chore by again, carefully carried the big scale to the doorway and laid out the rocks, saving some small ones for Boo and me to put in my closet back home. The gnomists had drawn a certain pattern to put the rocks into, one better said would ensure optimal tethering. I crossed over to my closet and laid out the rocks as better, late, and then never had said. I put a big shoe tree in front of them until I could figure out a better way to hide them. Before we headed back to Gileop, I noticed that even with all the time I had spent on the other side of the doorway, only about three hours had passed in my room. Once we got back to Gileop, Boone and I headed to the place of the tethering. The rocks aren't falling anymore. It worked? The cosmic forces that were trying to tear our worlds apart have subsided. Your plan has worked, Kimmy. Definitely worked. Most assuredly so. How can we ever thank you? I was happy to help. You'll all be safe now? Magnets do eventually lose some of their power, especially when they are near other magnets. However... That should take some time. You have assured us of many years of peaceful tethering. The Gileopians held a big party in my honor at Gnome Hall. Better, late, and then never made speeches about how I saved their land from imminent danger. Everyone ate lots of food. There was a triangular thing on the big banquet table that tasted kind of like pizza. There were music and dancing. Everybody was happy, and I felt good. Before long, the time I didn't want to think about came. The time to say goodbye to Boo. It's been real fun, Kimmy. Thank you for saving my home. I was glad to help. I guess this is goodbye then. Yeah. You have to be getting back to your new house. Soon it will be time for your mother to wake you up. I've been here that long? It doesn't seem like it. Could you stay in Gileop? I'm afraid not. My mom and dad would miss me. Maybe they could come with you. We could build the three of you a house and... Don't you remember what you told me, Boo? My parents are grown-ups. They wouldn't believe in this place or in you. They couldn't live here. 
I could, but I'd miss them something awful. Yeah. If I lived with you, I would miss my mom and dad, too. Could I have a hug goodbye? I hugged Boo tightly around his neck and squeezed him. A tear fell down my cheek and I tried to wipe it off on his white mane. Without looking back, I walked through the doorway. With a loud pop, I was back in my bedroom closet. I stepped over the rocks and the shoe tree on the floor and walked into my room with a big smile on my face. I closed the closet door carefully, put my nightlight back into the electric socket, climbed into bed, and fell asleep. Why had I forgotten all that, Boo? Because you grew up. It happens. The Gnomus figured out a way to call you. Boy, it's good to see you again. And you too. You need my help? We need to fix the magnetic rocks, or we might lose our tethering. What happened? I thought the tethering was supposed to last for a long time. It's been almost 20 years. The connection has become a little shaky. Also, the giants accidentally messed up the rocks on our side of the doorway. Well, they were playing hide-and-seek. Those baby giants must be huge now. They are. You should see them. Better late and than never have a new plan to tether us safely to your closet again. We'll have to change the way the old rocks are laid out and add some new rocks in your closet and in Gileop. Will you help us one more time? It didn't take long to fix the placement of the rocks, especially now that... We didn't have to do it secretly on my side of the doorway. It was good to see the Gnomists boo again now and later, and everyone in Gileap one more time. They were all very thankful for my help. Then it was time for Boo and my second goodbye. Will I forget you again once I leave here? Yes. Once you cross through the doorway, you won't remember either of your visits to Gileop. But I won't ever forget you. What if you need my help again in 20 years? We'll get in touch. The Nomas can reach you if we need to. So, this is goodbye again. You could live here. What? You solved our tethering problem and ensured us peace. If you lived here, you'd be like royalty. It's tempting, Boo, but no thank you. Why not? Wouldn't you like to live here? It's not that I wouldn't like it. I would. However, losing my mother and all the reminiscing I've done today have shown me that no matter what happens in life, you have to move on. You can't cling to the past, and Gileap is a very special part of my past. I have a wonderful boyfriend who I love. We need to build a future. Our future. Will you have a little Kimmy? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. 
you in on a little secret? Sure. If I have a daughter, I'll never call her that. I don't really like that name. I'll, I'll miss you. Saying goodbye once was tough. This time it's even tougher. Don't I know it. Do you want another hug? I'm back with the liquid gold, Kim. Did you enjoy your time alone? I did, thank you. What did you do? I walked around the house and soaked in all the memories. That sounds like fun. Here's your java. <sighs> thank you. <sighs> that hits the spot. What's that on your sweater? Where? Right here. This. It looks like strands of white hair. That's what it looks like, all right. I know better than to suggest that it's yours. Where did it come from? I don't know. I was looking at my old stuffed animals. It must have come from one of them. Have you decided what mementos you want to take back to California? Joey, I was thinking... I might stay in the house permanently. My acting career isn't anything big. I can find a new job here. What about me? Um, us? I was hoping you would stay here with me. I'm sure you could transfer your graduate credits here to an East Coast college. I suppose so. You like the house, don't you? I do. Mom left it to me. It's all paid for. We wouldn't have a mortgage payment every month. That would be a plus. You mentioned earlier you thought the house was a good size. I remember that. It's certainly big enough for two people. Or three. And so Kimmy, now Kim McMillan, has found peace of mind in her childhood home. Leaving California behind won't be easy, but Kim can still pursue her dreams from a distance. She has grown up even more today, so her memories of Boo, the unicorn with the white mane, and the other inhabitants of Gileop have receded even farther back into her mind, only to be awakened if the magical land needs her help in the future. Our special thanks to the voices of Tanya Malevic as Kim, Dave McIver as Joey, Captain John Tadrzak as Boo, Julie Hoverson as the narrator, Wendy Tremont King as Mom, Amanda Fitzwater as, again, 
the Echo Fairy, Joe Stofko as Better, Diane Havens as Late, Alex Gilmore as The Never, and introducing Joni Daynert as Buzzy, and Mimi Daza as Kimmy. The Unicorn in the Closet was written by Mike Murphy. The producer was Katie Daynert. The assistant producer was Mike Murphy. The mixer was Jim Smagada. The script editor was Arlene Osborne. The webmaster is April Sadowski. The art director is Alexa Chipman. We would also like to thank Captain John Tadrazak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Mike Murphy, the author of this story, gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne in the betterment of his scripts. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Julie Hoverson. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.